The AAPA conference is coming up May 18th through 22nd in Houston. I'm so sad that I will not be there, but some of my favorite people will be. So I want to make sure that y'all know who to look out for. So if you're heading down to the conference, make sure you go by the Blueprint and Rosh Review table. They're giving away all kinds of stuff stethoscopes, seats in the review course. They're talking about how Rosh Review has joined Blueprint and what that looks like. But definitely go stop by, say hi, get some swag, tell them I said hello, uh, and it'll be a really good time. I'm sure y'all will have an awesome time in Houston. Make sure you go to Torchy's Tacos, my absolute favorite, and spend some time in the exhibit hall exploring we know that I love Rosh Review um, by Blueprint, and they have so many great resources. So whether you're looking for QBanks, pants review courses, now is the time. And usually there's some special stuff, so go check it out. A lot of the questions I get are around family planning and the work-life balance of being a PA. Today we're talking to Alex about how her pregnancy affected her first year as a new grad and what that looks like. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. I want to thank My PA Resource and PA School Prep for sponsoring the Pre-PA Club Podcast. So My PA Resource is a personal statement editing service that edits only PA school essays only edited by PAs, and most of us have admissions experience, so I am one of the editors. Definitely check them out if you need help with your content, grammar, flow, making sure that you are on track for turning in your application. And you can use the code FUTUREPA for a discount on any of their service options. PA School Prep is an online course that focuses on the anatomy, physiology, and med terms that you'll need for PA school to make sure you feel confident going into that first semester and that you are able to handle what PA school throws at you. So check that out at paschoolprep.com and also use the code FUTUREPA for a discount there. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your host, Savannah Perry here, the Durham PA, PA platform coach, whatever you want to call me. Um, but I am so happy to have you here um, just to listen and hear Alex's story um, and us talk a little bit about how our experiences compared um, with being PAs, starting families, and what that looks like in the real world. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. But before we get to that, there are a few things I wanted to let you know about. So we have some events coming up. So um, the first one I'll let you know about is actually next. Um, we'll be on, sorry, <laughs> I've got my dates mixed up. Sorry, September 10th. <laughs> and the link for this will be in the description. But we are doing a really cool virtual shadowing that's also a fundraiser. Um, for an organization out in California called Sacramento Street Medicine, um, and it's going to be awesome. So I got to do an interview with this PA. His name's Tony today, and you'll hear that on the podcast um, next week, but it was just great. So I think you're really going to enjoy hearing from him, um, and he has so much great information to share, and I'm really excited to be supporting that. So it is a $5 donation. Um, and the link 
and details to that is in the description. All right, let's get to hearing from Alex and I will see you guys on the flip side. That's probably a lame saying, sorry. I'm Alex. Um, I've been a PA for about a year and a half-ish now, I believe. I graduated in May 2018, so, yep. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I feel awkward. I don't know if I can do this. Oh, no, you're fine. It's like it's like going back to a PA school interview, right? Yeah. <laughs> but way less pressure. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, what area do you work in? So I worked full time in the ER oh, wow. until recently. Yeah, so I was in New York. So I'm from Texas originally. Um, and then I got married in 2019 and my husband's in the Army. So then that's what brought me to New York. And so, yeah, I got pregnant and I was telling the ED there and I had actually decided to leave before COVID hit, completely okay. independent of COVID um, for other reasons, more so for the pregnancy piece. And so, yeah, that's about oh, it. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, but you hadn't left yet. Or I left like right before COVID really. Okay. So you did stop. Yeah. Gotcha. For the end of February. Is when I okay. left for reasons like other than COVID. Gotcha. I don't think anyone here really predicted that COVID was going to hit the way that it did. Or that uh, is crazy. Okay, well, we'll get into some pregnancy stuff. Um, jumping back, where'd you go to PA school? Uh, I went to PA school in the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth. So that's where I did my training, and then I worked um, in a small ed in central texas and then i moved up nice okay um so you've had two jobs so far in your pa (laughs) career um i'm I'm on my second job i've been out a a little longer than you i actually remember like it's so weird because i remember when you were in pa school like seeing you on social media of course but like it goes by so quickly and Absolutely. It's very quick. Um, so thinking about when you were in the ED, what did that look like for you? Like what was your job like? We've actually had a good amount of emergency medicine PAs on the podcast, but it seems like there's a lot of variety in either like how independent you get to be or can choose to be and like scheduling. Like what was your jobs like? Yeah, so – I was hired by the same company, um, but in different states. And I would say that the way that things ran really did end up being on the hospital and what the hospital needed. So in Texas, on average, I worked about 140, 160 hours. um, And we would have to work every other weekend. And so typical shifts would show up or would be we show up. um, We would basically start off on like the higher acute side. And we would have like like an attending assigned to us. And we would co-sign all of our charts to this attending. And if we had any questions, we would go to that attending and um, ask them our question. And then near the end of the shift, we would transition over to the urgent care side. And Hmm. that's basically what it was. And at night, it would be us and one attending free game. (laughs) And just whatever walks in would be what we got. In New York, however, it was a little different. Um, In New York, it was a level two trauma center. And so there was a lot more volume. And so for a typical shift for that, it would be, it would determine, it would depend on the shift. It was an eight hour, 10 hour, 
and 12 hour shifts. So the eight hour ones, those are our urgent cares. And then for our 10 hours, those were overnights. Um, and then for the 12 hours, those were our pit shifts. So that's kind of like where we lay eyes on the patient and triage and we um, kind of get the ball rolling with what labs that need to be ordered or if we feel like we need to up their triage and send them back more immediately. That was kind of our jobs, but similar concept where we kind of have an attending assigned to us and we co-assign our charts to them. And if you have questions, then we would ask them. Gotcha. Did you always want to end up in ER or what kind of led you there? I think nothing no. I felt like I was very conflicted when I graduated because I felt like there were a lot of things that I liked and I felt very strongly about all of them. And so I think a part of me was just kind of like, you know what, like I just rather stay general the first few years and just get a really good foundation, see a bunch of pathologies from different systems. And so I really did enjoy my ER rotation, but I also enjoyed a whole lot of other things. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of how I ended up in ER. I just like the challenge of it. And I felt like it was a really great opportunity to learn. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we can get into some more, um, I guess, the fun stuff or the more personal stuff. So you got married after PA school. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Was that by choice or just timing I chose to get married in PA school yeah so I know people always have questions about when to time a wedding and it's yeah it was I guess it was a little bit both by choice and timing um so we started dating like the end of my PA school so I was already on Mm -hmm. rotations and I was going to graduate in like five months ish and so my husband's in the army so we started dating it was long distance um, and then after we graduated, he deployed a few months afterwards. So we waited for him to come back from Afghanistan. And that's when we decided to get married. And like, I planned that wedding in like three months. It was like, would not recommend, would never do again. Oh but my gosh. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. I, that's what I, I got engaged in college, like in my senior year and I was engaged for like 15 months, but I was going into PA school. So I told yeah. my fiance, I was like, listen, like, you know, we're probably going to get married next summer. Like I need at least a few months before I start PA school. Cause once I start, like I can't plan things. So, um, I got a little, little buffer there, but yeah, it definitely took a, a little longer, but it was hard during PA school. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, once this airs, you will have had your baby. But tell yeah. us about your pregnancy so far. How far are you right now? Uh, I think 37 weeks today, actually. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's crazy. It's been very quick, quick and very slow at the same time. Yes. Like, first trimester was, like, so awful. And then it's been fine since. But now we're just waiting for him to just show up whenever he wants to. You have no boy? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that's the, those last few weeks are interesting because like half the people are like, oh, you don't look ready to have a baby. Then half the people are like, you're like, you're going to pop any day now. And you're like, okay, well, (laughs) it's not up to me. So, um, how did y'all, um, kind of plan? So you're fairly new out of school, like practicing, was that a factor in deciding when to have a baby? Uh, so this was actually kind of like a unplanned surprise baby. Yeah. So shortly after we got married, we got pregnant pretty fast. And so I was like, oh, shoot. So, yeah, 
I would say the specialty had no effect on gotcha. whatsoever. So, yeah. Still good. Still good. Um, shoot, I had a question that I came up with and I forgot what it was. Oh, can you imagine being pregnant in PA school? People ask me that a lot, and I I can't imagine. I feel like those people who do that are, like, incredible troopers. I remember, yes. like, my classmates, like, purposely got pregnant near, like, the I guess, like, the last year of PA school. So my program was kind of long. So during rotations, and I was like, how the heck did they do it? Like, how, like, how do you, like, work a full day, study at night, and be pregnant, and, like, go to school? I do not know. But oh, my gosh. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. I'm the same. Like, no, nobody in my class got pregnant the entire time. Um, I almost, I don't even think, like, anyone's wife had a baby. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, people always ask me if it's a good idea, and I'm like, I honestly can't, like, I have no personal experience to tell you, except for people do it, and I don't really know yeah. how they do it. But they do, and it's great. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how how did you go about kind of things with work, um, both, you know, kind of, I don't want to say tolerating pregnancy. That's not the right word. Learning to deal with being pregnant, yeah. maybe, and also kind of letting them know. Was that well-recepted news yeah. or not? So I guess every day going to work once I found out I was pregnant was like a new thing I had to learn. It felt like just how to deal with like the nausea, vomiting, the aches, like what products work best and like what I need to do to have a successful shift yet. Um, I guess like in a way, like doing well as like a pregnant person to like eat the meals and stuff. I think being pregnant at work definitely kind of taught me to slow down and set aside like, okay, hey, like, let's just take 10 minutes to eat lunch because you can't not eat anymore. Yeah. So that was that. Um, as far as telling my coworkers, I told them actually pretty early. Um, I didn't ever, I never really, really thought about like, oh, like I should tell my coworkers that X amount of weeks because that's what everyone else does. But it was really well received. I told my lead PA approximately like five to six-ish weeks mm -hmm. pregnant. So before I even had like that ultrasound to start to like confirm a like intrauterine pregnancy could have been like empty gestational sac for all new. But I feel like all the stigma that surrounds like, oh hey, you should tell your coworkers or your boss at twelve weeks is kind of like you're worried about um, I guess like what they'll do and how they'll respond, as well as it's the whole thing of like, oh like what if I miscarry? Mm -hmm. I just I don't know. I had a really good working relationship with my lead PA. I could tell she was like very approachable and she really advocated for us. So I trusted her with that piece of information and I shared it with her just because it was my first pregnancy. My husband was like gone for most of it. He was like, like an army thing. Um, so he wasn't home for like months. So I felt like it was something that I needed to be transparent with. And so, yeah, it was well received. Yeah. And I think by sharing it with the lead PA, it also encouraged me to share it with the nurses I was working with. And I felt like they did a really good job of like keeping an eye out for things that were like dangerous or like if there, if there was like a really like combative slash drunk person or something, they'd be like, Hey, be careful. They're like really whatever. So it was good. It was a good experience. Good support system. Yeah. I, I was similar. I actually, before I ever got pregnant was one of those people who's like, I'm not telling people until I absolutely have to, like till I'm showing they just like, it's obvious, but then that was not true at all. And like, I told people so quick. 
Um, and then at work, actually, my supervising physician, she was talking about one of her friends and she was like, I cannot believe that she waited so long to tell me she was pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, crap. I was like, I guess I should tell her too. Like, she said, I don't want her to think that about me. Because um, we had a great working relationship too. And so um, I was like, I need to tell you something too. Um, and I was like, I don't know how far, maybe like around six weeks. Like I hadn't been yet for an ultrasound. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I told her, um, and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Wait, we got to figure this out. Like, what's that mean? Um, and so then we kind of got into some stuff with that, but, and figuring out maternity leave. So you technically, I guess, don't have to take maternity leave because you are retired right now. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. I didn't expect that either. I felt kind of (laughs) weird. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, in a way, like, not going back. I guess I'm doing um, tele-ED on the side right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's been pretty good. It was, like, I guess it's, like, kind of related yet unrelated. But after I came back to Texas and when COVID really hit the fan, it was, like, ridiculous. I felt so bad because my coworkers were still stuck in New York. And there was all this, like, crazy craziness with, like, the PPE shortage. And I felt bad that they were doing everything. And I wanted to help, too. And so doing tele-ED has been good. Basically what it is is that we see a lot of, like, kind of, like, level four and fives, like, lower acuity over the phones. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything to be questioned, um, we can, like, send them to urgent care of the ER or they could send us a video or a picture. And we can, like, kind of see if we can save them the visit to, like, going out and kind of, like, in a way saving our resources in the ER and doing what we can tele-wise. Um, but as far as like what my company offered in regards to maternity leave. I believe it was three months of unpaid maternity leave is what I recall. And then after that, if you wanted an extension, um, there was like FMLA and things like that with like the state of New York. And it was just like a whole crazy process. I don't think I truly understood. Well, that, I would say that's a benefit though of working at a big institution um, because like where I was at in a private practice, they don't technically have to offer you FMLA if there's less than 50 employees. And so, um, just depending on kind of where you work and what the setting is and what the conditions, like they can really dictate in a smaller setting, what your maternity leave looks like or offering. But like, if you're in a hospital system, you're going to have at least some more options still probably unpaid because I don't think people some people don't know that like my husband didn't know that he was like oh they don't pay you and I was like no this is America they don't pay us I was so surprised too I was like oh wow yeah yeah around my class like a bunch of us kind of got pregnant around the same time and it was in we still have our like Facebook group from our class and somebody was like wait what are y'all getting as far as maternity leave and we were all I mean like oh we don't get paid and like maybe a couple people said that they still got some paid maternity leave and it was crazy so yeah fun fun stuff so you said you went back to texas yes i did to have the baby okay my husband was gone for a very long time um he was in ranger school um that we planned we knew he was going yeah when we found out that i was pregnant it kind of like off like the course of plan and everything um so he was actually in running so in georgia for quite a while yeah and so we weren't really sure when he was coming back or 
I don't know. And like I talked to my OB about it just because I didn't have any like, support in New York, more or less. Like all my family's back in Texas. I was in a new state. It snows there, like being in the South, like, you know, like yeah. things seems like before moving to New York. So it was hard just like working all those hours, having like those weird physiological changes associated with pregnancy and not having anyone there. So I talked to my OB because I was like, we had considered um, me staying in New York and having the baby there like in hopes that he would come back even though we weren't really sure um she was just basically like no like you need a support system yeah and I think that was like probably one of the most freeing things is I, I felt like a part of me wanted to be like those superhero like like you know like those like awesome like females who are like working like 40 weeks or like operating on their feet yeah. like doing awesome things because it's so inspirational I probably like kind of aspired to do that because I was like oh like I should push myself to the limits and see like what I'm capable of <laughs> but it just wasn't the best decision for me given the circumstance and so it's kind of a why like I decided to like stop working a little earlier than I intended to just because of everything yeah it's a it's a weird time it's a weird time to be a PA and it's a weird time to work in healthcare and it's a weird time to be pregnant like it's just <laughs> there's a lot of weird like some of my friends are pregnant and it's like everything changes weekly as far as yeah, the hospital guidelines and yeah stuff. it's pretty crazy yeah. um so what are your plans post baby are you going to take some time off or look for a new job or yeah. see how it goes <laughs> what plan are you doing the telly telly ed on the side yeah i don't really know when just because, like, I work today, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting, practice, like, Braxton Hicks during, like, my calls. And I was like, oh, is it happening? <laughs> so I'm feeling, like, a little, like, nervous, apprehensive about, like, picking up a lot more shifts. Um, but I plan on doing it, well, I guess, when, I don't know, whenever I, my body feels ready and I feel like I can just, like, work a little bit just to keep my skills as fresh as I can be via telemed. Um, but we're actually moving to Georgia in, like, a few months also. Oh, that's yeah. fun. What part? Do you know? Uh, the Fort Benning part. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, so we'll be around there, and I don't know. I thought of, I've been kind of, like, looking about um, part-time jobs, and there's been a few options. So I think maybe I'll just start working, like, part-time here and there, like, PRN around um, the area. I guess that's just one of the great things about being a PA is, like, you're not stuck in a special No, yeah. Lots of options. That's actually, it's interesting. We've, like, done things very different, which I think is funny. Because I, like, you've taken some time off before the baby came. I worked up until 40 weeks. Um, and everyone kept saying I was going to go early. But I didn't, actually didn't go at all and had to get induced. But um, but I, I worked and, like, it was Friday. And on Monday I was 40 weeks. And they were like, well, your maternity leave starts. So, like, yeah. you don't have any patients don't come back until September. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I need to have this baby. And so I got induced. Um, but it is, it was like weird. Cause like I would get Braxton Hicks too. While I was seeing patients and like, especially when you're on your feet all day and like, I'm terrible at drinking water. So my medical assistant who is also one of my best friends and was very concerned about me. She like made me a chart where I had to like fill in how much water I was drinking every day and she could tell in the room if I was, like, having a contraction, and I could tell it freaked her out. And she was just, like, look at me, like, sit down. You need to sit down or something. And so um, it was it was really funny. But it wasn't – I mean, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. And maybe it's just because it's been two years and I don't remember, too. But 
Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, is that – so I think another question that I get a lot is about, like, PAs, I guess – how do I say this? Like, work-life balance and making priorities and stuff. Is that what you thought you would do? Like, did you plan, like, when I have kids, I'll probably take a break or go part-time? Or is that not kind of what you thought maybe a few years ago? Um, I think yes and no. I didn't – like, I knew that I wanted to take a break, but I just didn't think that I would need to take a break before the baby came. I guess I just wasn't prepared for all the crazy things my body was going to do. Yeah. Like, how, like, weird and, like, crazy and yet cool, like, pregnancy is and how much it changes your body. Just because I felt like, and like, I just, just, those shifts are just so long afterwards. And I had such a hard time flipping between like night and days and like starting to tell me it was really difficult. Um, I think I was taking a break after. I honestly never really thought about it. I wasn't planning on like having kids until a little bit later. Um, but I always just assumed that, oh, like you would, I would just take like three months off or whatever they recommended amount or whatever everyone else does and then just go back to work but I guess with everything going on I'm just kind of like going with the flow and seeing what is best needed for the family yeah life circumstances (laughs) that none of us could have ever predicted ever happening um yeah that's what I always saw myself as someone who would be like get me back to work as soon as possible I want to work like put the baby in daycare or something and um, I've, I've not been like that. And so I, I did go back to work full time for a year and I just still wanted to be home more. And so it's so weird cause that is not what I expected of myself at all. Um, but that's why I, last fall I went part time and it's, it's been really good. Like I, I don't believe in work-life balance and I don't think it's something that is actually a hundred percent possible to have like a balance, but like my husband comments on my stress level like everything's just a little bit a little bit better now that I'm not trying to do a million things like 100% I read that blog post that you wrote about your decision to go part-time and I felt like it was very eye-opening you know I really liked it a lot and I was like oh I guess like when I'm in that position I'm more than likely going to reference it because I really liked like your thought process and like having that difficult conversation or I guess conversations with your supervising physician and like yeah, able to like navigate because it's, it's hard because I feel like in a way we've worked so hard to get where we're at and we want to keep on like working and pushing ourselves to the limit. But yet I feel like once I got pregnant, like in a way, like my priorities kind of changed, which really took me by surprise. Yeah. Didn't expect that at all. And oh my gosh. Just wait till the baby gets here. <laughs> it's like a whole different thing for everyone but yeah no I, I need to actually reread that because I don't remember exactly what I put but yeah that was a very like hard thing and emotional thing especially since I'd been there for five years and like you said like you have like I've worked so hard that I I want to continue that but also like just where I'm at in life it wasn't I, I couldn't feel like I was giving my best at home um yeah. and I felt like that was the most important thing so Um, and I think just that's important for PAs to know. And I think both of us have done this, like, even if it wasn't the easiest decision or it may seem like a selfish decision, 
like you have to choose yourself and like your health and like what is going to be best for you um, versus being, I don't want to say loyal to your job. Like it's a job, but like if you aren't healthy enough to do the job, then. Yeah, that's so true. When I told um, my lead PA, so I was only in New York for like, I think like five, six months. So not that long even at that hospital, yeah. I felt really bad. And I felt like they had taken me on, like they took a risk on me, they hired me and like they invested all this time. And I felt that I wasn't giving them like their return investment adequately in a way because I didn't stay a year. Um, but I kind of told like the lead PA my situation. She like knows like with my husband, like being gone so often and stuff, she like, totally understood, which was probably just such a gift of grace. And she said something that was so kind and so true. She was like, no, like, don't feel bad. She was like, jobs always come and go, but like, I'm a big proponent of always choosing your family and doing what best for you. And I was just like, I can alleviate and off my shoulders because I was really worried about the perception. Like, oh, like, is she like leaving because she's really pregnant or is it because like she can't handle the stress or, you know, and I was like worried about how the proceedings in the day really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, having that support and that's what the new job I'm at now, they're funny because I like, when you gonna have another baby? Like they want me to like put family first. They love when I bring my daughter to the office. They want me to bring her. My supervising physician brings me presents for her. Um, so it's just really sweet to have that support in an office that, I mean, they, they definitely support my family. So, um, we've gone over to my supervising physician's house. So my daughter can play with her dogs, like just really, really fun stuff that, is is different than what I was used to before and kind of what I went through. So, yeah, I know it's been good. Okay, I'm going to ask you for two pieces of advice. One, um, what would your advice be to someone who is pregnant and working a clinical job, either something that you felt like helped you or um, even something, just a tip or support or emotional, anything? In a clinical job? Um... Like as a PA or even like a nurse or something. I think probably like invest in products that are going to help you survive your shifts because I think I was kind of like oh, I don't need this I don't need like I don't need like like xyz because I feel like there's so much stuff in the market that's like really overwhelming and I'm like oh this is probably all bad but I wish I would have invested more in like products that would help me make the shifts more tolerable like I don't know like maternity leggings or like mm-hmm. Things like that, just to make it more tolerable. And I guess the second piece would be, um, I guess like, like don't be afraid to share your pregnancy with your coworkers. Because on the day, your coworkers, they really are your other families. They're there to support you. And so I think just having that support is just so great. And it makes going to work less intimidating, knowing that they have your back and they have your best interest and the baby's best interest in mind. Yeah, that was actually a good point you made earlier too, because. I think, like you said, there is a fear of how people are going to perceive it and also fear of miscarrying, which both of those are valid fears. I mean, they are, but I mean, I kind of had the same thought process as you. Like, I want my support system if something does go wrong and I want a support system that's going to be here for me regardless. So, yeah. All right. Next piece of advice would be... um, what would your advice be, this is a little different, be to a military spouse? Um, 
since that's something you have experience with now. And and I think even speaking to being away from your spouse, because a lot of people have to do that for PA school. They move and they aren't with their spouse. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, I think, well, I guess in regards to the military, there's no perfect time to have a baby. Like, <laughs> there I you go. Like, well, like, maybe we should have, like, waited or, like, maybe we should have did it before or whatever. There's no perfect time, but I think with anything and everything in the military, like when there's such like crazy unpredictable obstacle, whether it's giving birth without your spouse or your spouse being deployed or being gone, it's like just, I always see it as an opportunity for resiliency to like build these skills and a mindset that many people don't have like the opportunity to build because that's, it's like building mental toughness. I feel like in a way that's, sometimes that's all you're gonna be able to, I guess you used to get through it. Your perception's only being controlled because there's many things you can't control in the military. So, yeah. And I think, in a way, I feel like all these women who are having to go through it, like, without their spouses or, like, doing it via, like, FaceTime, like, my heart goes out to them because that, that sucks. And it is what it is. Just craziness. Yeah. It's, like, definitely circum- circumstantial and not what we would necessarily choose but do what we can all right well where can everybody kind of find you and follow along with you and your family um my instagram and then my blog is also on my instagram so you can click it and follow me there for more information the military life and and all that stuff awesome well i'll link that and everybody can come find you and then um good luck with the rest of pregnancy and baby and newborn life and all that fun stuff (laughs) that's it y'all and i forgot to mention at the beginning but alex was super pregnant when we did this interview like very very pregnant um like about to have a baby so she may have said that in there but i just wanted to to mention that so if you do go follow her she has now had her baby and all is well so thank you for following thank you for listening um if you have not in the past left a review of the podcast i would so appreciate it it really helps with everyone else being able to find it and and the effort that goes into this so um give me a shout out on instagram post a screenshot of the podcast and tag me and I'll share it. So thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next week. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss next week's episode because Tony is the most passionate PA I've ever met. I've probably said that before, but I mean it.